You're listening to episode 173 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to learn all about running shoes. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners, and welcome to episode 173. My name is Letty. My name is Ryan. And we are your hosts. Welcome back if you are a long-time listener. And if you're new here, you've been missing out. That's right. We do this every week. And we do have quite some fun episodes. We do bring on coaches. We bring on... Other coaches. Of nutrition. <laughs> and you talk about books. You talk about race recaps. Sometimes I try to keep you on track. And sometimes you distract me, just like now. Yes. So today we're going to talk about shoes and how the color of your shoes affects your running speed. I actually think that's one of those mental things... <laughs> and it might work because my alpha flies are always very bright and fast, like orange and red. But no, we're not going to talk about that, the mental part of running shoes. We are going to talk about running shoes, how to shop for running shoes. We're going to talk about your gait and different things that come into play when it comes to figuring out what shoes you should wear. There's different types of running shoes. Also, we're going to talk about shoes that you can use for different types of workouts, for your long runs, for your everyday trainers, for your tempo runs, etc. And we're also going to talk about the longevity of running shoes. And the bonus question is whether or not you should throw your running shoes into the washing machine, which is something that it's a habit that I do once a week. My shoes go into the washing machine. I'm interested to know like what the thought is on the... Like how long to use the shoes or like you say, how many shoes in a rotation. I think some of that's a little bit arbitrary. I mean, they, I wonder if there's any scientific data behind it. Plus, it might be just fun just to get new shoes. Make you keep it motivated. Yeah. And spoiler alert, you don't really realize how old your shoe is until you get the exact same shoe in a new version and then compare them next to each other. Yeah, no doubt they feel different. And especially... You know, even over short periods of time, they can wear in and the, the materials can wear down. But I wonder how much functionally that actually changes. It does definitely has a feel to it, though. There's some, I guess we'll find out, huh? Yeah. And the funnest part about this episode is that I talked to Carlos, the runner, about it. Do you follow him? I don't, but I remember you telling me about him, so I should. Definitely. You want to get into it? Sure. So without any further ado, I'm now going to play my conversation with Carlos, the runner. All right, so I'm on here with Carlos the Runner. Carlos, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Yay! <laughs> of course. So, Carlos, you've gone viral on the internet. We're going to talk about you a little bit first, and then we're going to roll into the surprising fact that you are a shoe expert. So maybe you can share a little bit about your journey, who you are, what you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, so it all started uh, almost... 11 years ago, then I was um, um, a little overweight, like more than now. No, <laughs> so pretty heavy. And I had like back, like lower back issues. It was pretty bad. So I, um, my, my, one of my brothers, he's a physical therapist. 
And he and I asked him for advice and he said, well, one of the main things, Carlos, it's probably going to hurt you to hear this, but you're going to lose weight. And the next thing is, yeah, just exercise. You know, you have to do be more active. So uh, I said, uh, what about running? I mean, I like running. So is that good? It's like he said, well, yeah, as long as, you know, it's not not uh, in a negative way or hurting you or whatever. It's like, no. So I started running on the treadmill and it escalated from a 5K on the treadmill to outside, going outside, running 5Ks, and but just not races, just outside, but on my own. And then 10Ks. And then one day it's like, I'm just going to go and run a half marathon. And that's um, that's what I did. It took me like two years to go to an actual race um to meet people actually too like i was very like a very long like a like a lonely runner like i didn't have any friends or anything like i was just it was just me and i was having the best time and even then i was like pretty hardcore on the sexy pace thing that i always preach about so um and then um yeah so i started um there was a group on Facebook that it was about all about run fees, you know, like, like, uh, selfies for runners. And I, I always wanted to come up with something more original. So I started creating all these pictures with mainly dinosaurs chasing me. So, um, that's the thing that, you know, like people it got paid, paid attention to. So, uh, I started then on Instagram after a few years, and that's what I was doing. And then I started doing pictures for other runners. And that's how I got connected to the running community. Like all everybody started knowing, oh, this is a dinosaur guy. And then I started doing memes. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. Like everything else that I've done, like you said, it's kind of like it grew by itself. So yeah, that's cool. Um, because I told you earlier, um, before we started recording, that you're one of the few Instagram accounts that I definitely recommend that people follow, just because it's always super entertaining. So tell us maybe a little bit how you discovered that you actually have a talent for it and your sense of humor. How do you come up with these memes? That's a weird thing to think about because it's like. Uh, I guess in my case, I'm always a very creative person and I every day I have to do something creative, something different, something unique, something, you know, that will, you know, like stimulate my brain, my mind. And, and I end up doing those things like I just, you know, like I is. And also one of the main things is uh, with the memes, I always the main the main question that I do to myself after posting a meme is, is this going to be relatable to everybody? If it is, you know, I'll post it. And that's, that's pretty much how it's made. Now I've got, I got to a point where my friends, my wife, they will send me pictures of things and it's like, oh, you should do a meme about this. So now I, I do that. I, I do requests from my friends and family. That's good to know. I'm going to start sending requests your way. But I want to yeah. kind of go back to what you said earlier about things being relatable, because I feel like that is exactly how you touch so many lives, because uh -huh. people are afraid to kind of make fun of themselves, whereas yours are just, you know, they're just out <laughs> there and people laugh out loud when they see them. Yeah, it's I mean, I mean, in my case, I'll say it's the 
I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being transparent. Like the way if you if you meet me in real life is what you get there and the on the on the feed on the Instagram posts and everything. I'm, I'm like that. I'm not like you know like it's not a persona. It's just how I do things. Before even before running, I was like that. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward actually to hopefully meet you in person one day. All right, so Carlos. I was surprised to hear that you are also a shoe expert because we don't really realize that we all know you love hokas, but we didn't know that you were in the shoe business. Yes. So uh, I've been doing that for four years. How do you like it? I really enjoy it because, you know, especially like feel like uh, people don't even realize it's funny because uh, some of my coworkers, I mean, I'm not going to be like exposing them, but they're not runners. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, others are like others, uh, like some of the others of my coworkers have been in the business for literally decades. So they love it. Like, and just like me, I mean, I, um, I enjoy, you know, giving advice or finding the right uh, fit for a runner or somebody that just want to exercise. It's for me, that's just great. So do you work at a running store then? And do you deal with people coming in or are you more behind the scenes or what is it exactly what you do? Yeah, no, it's a, yeah running store and we deal like uh, sometimes people go by appointment, but usually they already know like our store is very prestigious. So people will come say, uh, uh, I um, I wanted to get uh, uh, fitted and a friend told me to come here because you guys do a great job. And it's like, yep. So and we do everything from scratch, you know, everything. And that's so important. And I feel like, you know, I started running in the mid 2000s, 2004 or so. And back then you didn't really have all these online businesses where you had to really go into a store and the importance of um, being fitted and seeing what kind of gait you have. How important is that really? Because now the other option is to just get a bunch of stuff online and just blindly trying out what fits or feels best. Well, yeah. I'm glad that you touched that that subject because uh, a lot of the people come and they are usually I will say maybe eight out of ten will mention the online thing saying oh I was gonna buy this shoe online but now that I try it here it doesn't feel right it's like well yes uh, that's the whole point of getting fitted because. You're here with a person that just by looking at your feet, your gait, um, getting all the basic information from your uh, personal background will determine what shoe will fit better for you. It's That's a whole different thing than just going online and seeing something pretty and, oh, let me click it and it'll be at home in two days. I mean, it's kind of like online dating, right? So you, you pick the person you want to date and they look all good on paper and then you just don't have that chemistry and something <laughs> isn't working, right? This this is why the meme, that meme, you know, it's very like uh, like eye-opener. The one that, I don't know if you've seen it, the one that says uh, what I ordered versus what I got. I haven't seen that, that. That's like, they will say, like say they somebody orders like a, like a really great outfit and then on in person is like like the complete different things so ugly and so that's pretty much 
how buying a shoe online is for me. Are you looking for the perfect apparel that mirrors your love for running? Look no further than Run Swag, the go-to store by runners for runners. From witty tees to hoodies that commemorate your marathon majors to crops that get you motivated, Run Swag's got you covered. Discover the perfect blend of comfort and style. Visit www.runswag.com. Run Swag, there's something for every runner. So... We kind of touched on it a little bit, um, but maybe walk us through how somebody is fitted. Um, do you make them run? Do you make them walk? What are you looking for when you're looking at somebody trying on shoes? So, yeah, well, the um, the old fashioned way was like people will have a treadmill and they will see them running uh, to a point that they will just record them and look at the gate. Like that's for us is sort of like a ancient history. Now we have a machine like the one that we have at work. It's called Volumental. So it's a, it's a 3D scan. So whenever you're stepping on it, it will show everything, you know, like your arches, your heel width, your uh, instep height, everything. Uh, and then you, from a certain perspective, you can see if somebody's either a, an overpronator or a supinator. And then if you are like, you know, like, oh, well, it's a machine, maybe I shouldn't trust it a lot. So you can just ask the person not to run, just walk. And with that, it's like, it's definite. Like you can actually say, Oh, they need this particular shoe or, um, they could do better with this other one or motion control, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. So there's, I remember there's stability, there's pronating. Um, what, so what other types of shoes are there that somebody may need? Okay. So this is one thing I, I hope I explain it in a very good way so people can understand because that's one thing that whenever people come into this store, they don't know, like they have no clue about any of this. Uh, I only divide them in two. Well, there's, there should be three types, but mainly basically we'll call it like black and white, which is neutral will be the white and stability the black. So neutral, a neutral person usually needs a like, well, neutral shoe consists only on uh, support and in the sense of cushion, that's it. Like there's nothing else to it. And uh, your, since your foot is in a, in a good position, it's not overpronator, uh, overpronating or supinating. You just uh, have a shoe that lets you run let's say fr uh, freely but uh the stability one it's a motion control shoe that will hold your foot on the sides it, it will come with either guide rails or a support an artificial arch underneath uh it also has a like a shelf and like a little shelf in the shell in the back so just imagine just picture two hands holding your foot that's kind of like how a stability shoe works. Like, uh, once you imagine that, just imagine that your foot's trying to go straight, it will go in one direction. It won't go out or in. And, um, uh, that's the difference between them. So I, you know, I, I mentioned a third one, which is a stability neutral, which is a shoe that has half and half. So it's a very mild, uh, stability in it. And I can, you know, I can tell you 
there's a certain just a, a couple of them that has that so um that's pretty much it okay and so yeah i didn't know any of this so the person that has high arches or the person that pronates are those the ones that need to have a stability shoe or who in general goes into a stability shoe so okay that's another really great question so the thing is um the it's very complex and it's just not like oh if you have a high arch you need this if you have a lower arch you need that because sometimes to with us at the store people will come and have a very low arch or flat foot as they call it and uh they have a no overpronation and no supination so there's no need for stability there's no need for motion control so you try to find a shoe that has no arch support in it so that's very important because usually people automatically automatically thinks oh they if they have a flat foot they need a shoe with stability and that's incorrect so in the case what you just mentioned a high arch actually what it needs is pretty much arch support and uh cushioning um usually they don't tend to uh overpronate or supinate but if you're supinating also a lot of uh cushion on the heel so all of those factors you have to take in consideration and not just that but the person uh, the miles that they're going to be doing uh uh their whole you know habits as a runner so it's it's a little more complex than just saying this shoe fits to you because you have a high arch that's it so they like a good example that you just mentioned hoka a good example of a shoe that has a lot of arch support for people with high arches is the clifton nine so that shoe could work for me but let's say you have a high arch too and you try it and you feel like it's not working so it could be for different factors maybe you're um you have a narrow foot and the shoe is pretty uh kind of like flexible and wider and you don't like it so a shoe that works for me not it won't necessarily work out for you okay so that just makes it a little bit more complicated and knowing all that i wish when we looked for shoes or even shop for them online you could kind of sort them not by price or brand but by whatever they offer. But that given, um, does it happen that br are brands known for certain types of shoes or do they basically have one for every runner out there? So in other words, if Hoka makes shoes, are they kind of going for the people with the wider feet, high arches, or do they have several different shoes that can go with one person? I would say that all brands work with everybody's like uh, kind of uh, feet and, you know, like uh, the uh, the kind of uh, the way they they are, the way they they look um, like what you were just saying about Hoka. Like, um, yeah, they tend to be a little more like on the wider toe box kind of based, but uh they used to be they used to have like this the talking about the clifton it used to be a shoe that was a little more narrow but mm, lately i feel like all of them are pretty wide but yeah um I, I mean to be completely honest i'll say the only one that's very specific about that about the width 
it has to be a shoe like Ultra that, you know, they have a special, like, very wide toe box because of this zero drop. But other than that, everybody, it's kind of like working around uh, people's feet. Great. <laughs> so that makes shopping a little bit more complicated. Um, so the best thing would be to go into a store and get fitted and then kind of just try out the brands. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, that's one of the main things is what you just said. It's better to get advice to do your, yeah, do your own research. That's important. Look uh, into a lot of reviews and things and don't let just be, you know, like if somebody is talking great things about a shoe, don't, don't get influenced by that, by it and say, oh, uh, so-and-so said it was the great, so the greatest shoe. So I'm going to buy that, uh, go to the store and then ask them, what about this shoe? Do you think it will fit me? It will be good for me. And then, you know, that will start the whole process. But yeah, I will definitely recommend for people to, to be a little more concerned about what they're going to be wearing before buying it. Unless they have a really good shoe return policy. Um, you know, it's kind of like with the Nike Alpha Flies. Some people love them and some people try them out for 20 seconds and they say absolutely not. It's kind of a preference as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Like say that shoe that you're talking about, it's in particular, it has a very like a specific look and fit for a, a specific kind of people. So not everybody's going to be comfortable in it. Not everybody's going to make it work. So, um, yeah, just because you see it in races or you see it on your feed on Instagram and you see like slow mo uh, videos, reels of people working like hard in them doesn't mean that, oh, yeah, maybe I should get that shoe and I'm going to be fast. Don't do that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to the topic of shoe rotation and longevity. How many pairs of sh running shoes should a runner have? So with that, you're giving us permission to go buy more. And then also, why is shoe rotation so important? All right. So that's actually something really good, a really good question and a good way to give people advice on it. Uh, I might not be the best one for that because I have way too many shoes. Like. <laughs> A lot of them. So, but uh, yeah, it's like, and, uh, but one thing that I can say, it's never enough. It's fine. If you have, um, um, it's better to have more than, than one than just having one. That's, that's key. Like, uh, I see a lot of people coming into the store that they have a shoe for literally everything, not for just running, for going out, for, you know, like, uh, doing for work, for everything and running. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Don't do that. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you like the basic idea of how, why having two pairs is good. Um, the main idea is uh, when people see shoes, they need to picture it as uh, like whenever you go to bed, you know, like the mattress, whenever you're, you're laying down on the mattress for eight hours, you know, what happens with it? Like it, it's kind of like goes down, like the, the coils all work in a way that will be comforting for you. That's the same way a shoe works when you put it on your feet. Like whenever you put the shoe on your foot, it's the, the cushion is working with the, with the body 
So whenever you're done with it, that cushion needs recovery. So usually they say they recommend that for a shoe, you need to at least give it a day for it to, you know, get back to like, you know, the way it was. So having two pairs, you know, that gives you that, that advantage. Having three pairs, you know, <laughs> and so on, so on. So that's, that's a great, great advantage. And I can, you know, I can be, I can tell you from my own experience that uh, sometimes uh, there's a shoe that I haven't used in a while and just put it on. It's like, oh my God, this feels like brand new. I love it. So it is, it is the best, uh, one of the best things that you can do to avoid injuries. I like that. Yeah. And then obviously also we have specific shoes that go with specific workouts. Your long, easy paced runs, probably you wouldn't run in the same shoe as you would your speed workout. Never. Exactly. That's also, yeah, that's, that's a great thing that you just mentioned there because, um, so this, I, I can give you an example and I feel bad because people is going to hear this and some of them are going to be really sad about it, but it's, is the uh, reality of things, people. So please work with me on this. Um, so um, last year I did the Chicago Marathon. I was running the Carbon X3 from Hoka. And, you know, that shoe is pretty much the shoe that you were supposed to wear for that. You know, like that's the shoe made for that. Uh, while I was there, I, I, you know, being in the business that I'm in, I, I can't just, it's just a, pet peeve i have to look at people's shoes and one of the guys that i saw was wearing the mach 5 so the mach 5 let me tell you a little bit about that shoe it's from hoka it's an up-tempo shoe the durability it's way less than a daily trainer so um you can run a five miler seven miler at a you know like a fast pace uh tempo pace or you can do a half marathon that's it but if you're going to be doing a full marathon in that shoe. I'm sorry, but you know, you have my blessing. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with those feet, but you're going to regret it. And, and the funny thing is, you know, I always thought about that and I saw it, but, um, a customer came into the store and we talked about that. And this person said, you know what? I actually, I did my marathon in the Mach 5. And oh, my, my, my whole body, like my legs were killing me after. So there you have it. So I, I had the theory and I had the, uh, person like the actual, uh, um, the, the experience that somebody told me about it. So. That's definitely good to know and to keep in mind. And I'm going to throw in another question on this topic because this is something I do and I don't know how bad it is. How bad is it to throw your shoes into the washer? I run without socks 90% of the time and I know it grosses out some people. And I live in Florida where once you're done running, it sounds like you're running in a swamp because everything is wet. And I wash my shoes maybe once a week. I throw them in the washer. How bad is that for the shoe? Mm, well, you know, that's another question that we get all the time, all the time. So can you watch this in the washer? I was like, well, I would say that's pretty much up to you. Like if you want to do that and it's like, um, I mean, I, I think I did that once 
and nothing happened to my shoes but i wouldn't do it like i said you know like a normal occurrence like oh i'm just gonna do it every other week like no that's like w once in a while maybe if you think they're, they're super dirty like they're all covering mud or something like maybe but like just for like oh every every sunday morning i'm gonna go to you know like and do this and no that's not gonna work Okay. I'll try to stop that habit from uh, continuing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So let's talk about shoe longevity. There is this rule out there. And I'm always a big skeptic when it comes to rules. When people say, oh, you can only run 200, 200 miles in these shoes or 400 miles. Usually I kind of literally run them into the ground to I'm running on the foam. And then I get yeah. a new pair because they still feel okay. What's yeah. the rule and why? This is the thing. Um, it's a little complex, to be honest. Like, say, depending on the shoe and the uh, uh, the type of shoe that you're using, say, like a daily trainer, most likely will last around 500 to 600 miles. That's 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 it. Like in every brand, no matter what. Um, the uh, like the the super trainers might might be a little more, maybe. But the super shoes, like the one you mentioned, like the Alpha Fly, like the Rocket X2, um, like the um, Vaporfly, like um, just thinking on the top of my head, Saucony, Endorphin Elite, all of those shoes have a very limited uh, lifespan, probably 250 miles, 300 miles. That's it. Um, so, and a lot of people is like, like what you just said, like you, like, oh, but I feel fine in that. Like, I don't have a problem with it. The issue with it is that uh, some of them, like in the case of the super shoes, they have, they come either with a carbon fiber plate or piva foam or PVAX plate. All of that will be worn out at that moment. And after that, it will lose its power. It's like, you don't want to wear that for, you know, like a like on race day, like for that. And then the other one, the daily trainers, in the case that you were just mentioning, like in your case, you feel fine and all that. A good way to know that even that you already hit 600 miles and you feel nothing, it's just grab the shoe, try to bend it. And if it bends like a sandal or something like super easy, that means it's got to go. It's got to go because it's not firm enough. It's not giving you that support that you need. Um, so that's one of the things. The other thing is you can feel it. You can feel in your foot, like if it's uh, kind of firm or you don't have feel the same responsiveness or a best way, the best way to, to test it, just go to a store, get, uh, try, try, don't, don't even buy a new pair of shoes. Just go and say, Hey, can I get it? Can I try these? the same shoe that you're wearing but new and you'll be like oh my god yeah i need new shoes <laughs> so that's because I, I that's the expression of people every time they go is like oh my god this feels so great like well yes it's new so there you go that's great advice uh yeah no i mean you're right we probably don't realize how much better a fresh shoe would feel until we wear it and obviously when we're training for a marathon, we should strive to not get injured during this training cycle. So 
um, again, you've given us permission to buy more shoes with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you know, the other thing is, I feel like the, the uh, emotional attachment some people have to shoes, it's crazy. Going back to what I said about the uh, uh, Chicago Marathon, I saw somebody with the sh with shoes that I swear they looked like they were like probably five years old. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not happening for you. Poor uh, little, you know, feet of yours. Like, they're going to suffer. Like, that's not even, that shouldn't be legal. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah mine all look newer because I throw them in the washer so much. But, you know, with me, it's also that attachment. It's almost like you spend so much time with them. It's like that boyfriend that you just can't dump. So after a while, you turn them into lawn mowing shoes and then they turn green. And then finally, I always ask my husband, I'm like, can you please throw them in the trash when I'm not watching? Because for some reason, there's this attachment and, you know, you have your pretty shoe collection and then there's just less and less of that there. <laughs> Yeah, and then sometimes people, we have the the option in our store to donate the shoes. And I, I'm very strong about that. I'm like, they will say something like, oh, yeah, I can use them for your artwork. It's like, no, 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 no. This is over. This relationship, please say goodbye to your shoes today. And then now you can see their, their you know, eyes like heartbroken, but it's like, you need to do this. Like, just, you know, unattach, please. <laughs> I love the donating option, but you know, I feel like you can't donate the shoes anymore when you can't see the rubber on the bottoms and you're oh, on the phone. So that that's another thing people say, well, who's going to wear this? It's like not necessarily going to be wearing them. We say so we donate them and then they will, you know, like shred them and use them for other things, like recycle. And so. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's great. So I'm going to prepare a bag <laughs> for next time. Yeah, get ready for your yard shoes to, you know, do a a, a good um, uh, like a charity thing there with the donation. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, my last question: Looking at female runners and comparing the shoe designs that they sometimes have for male versus female, what can you tell us about that? Is there really that much of a difference? And also, um, does it matter? There is a lot of difference and women shouldn't be wearing men's shoes. The end. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, actually that's, this is the thing. So my whole, what I was, I just said, it's because, um, a lot of people ask that, like, um, especially when you, um, when they, they bring out kits, like little kits. And the best fit for a, a little boy, it's usually women's shoes. And they're like, oh, but that's, how's that? Like, is that different? Yeah, it is different. But uh, sometimes the design is m like m a very minimal of a difference. Very Sometimes it's the exact same shoe, but the uh, women's shoes are usually lighter just by a few ounces. Just a little bit. Um, some other brands, I know, I know for a fact that ASICs, I think ASICs used to have a shoe for women's to use uh, based on their period. So that's very specific. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the shoe, but yeah, it's something like that. But others, like, like I said, in general, it's just 
women's shoes are lighter. That's it. Okay, good. So now I don't feel so bad about shopping in the men's section half the time because, you know, when you yeah. like a certain type of shoe, a lot of times the women colors are different from the guys' colors. And depending on what it is, you know, you kind of go for the color. <laughs> they always go and it's like, oh, I really like this one. Like, yeah, that's a men's shoe. Oh, why do you guys always have the best colors? Like, oh, come on. Yeah. That's, I mean, I mean I will say the opposite. Sometimes I really like women's shoes, like this, the, the colorways, but you know. Interesting. That's cool. So yeah, thank you, Cardo, so much for coming on. I appreciate your insight. That was great. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, if anybody has any questions, something a little more complex and then, you know, like extended version of what we just talked about, they can reach out to me and I can explain. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Carlos, thank you so much for coming on. And for those, well, two listeners that haven't found you online yet, you are at Carlos the Runner. Yes, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Carlos, for coming on. I had a blast speaking with you. Thank you for your jokes and all your valuable information. And I guess after speaking with Carlos, Ryan, I now feel like I need to get a ton of more running shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have room for those? Do we need to build a new closet? Well, like you said, I should just donate the ones that I don't love anymore. If I found a place locally that took donated running shoes, it'll probably also make me feel better because right now, you know how it goes. I ask you to put them in the trash for me so I don't have to <laughs> do it myself because I feel so bad. It's it's like <laughs> I feel so attached to them. <laughs> that is true. You have this like big apprehension to actually putting them in the trash. You're like, you do it. I'm like, why did you just put them in the trash? <laughs> <laughs> and they are run to the ground. Like you can't even see the rubber anymore. You're I'm running on foam, guys. So and an old pair of Alpha Fly that I've had for probably six hundred miles where I'm running on the air bubble. And every Sunday morning when I take them out for the very last spin i'm just waiting to for the bubble to pop kind of i want to see what happens <laughs> so maybe i'll regret that we did this podcast <laughs> maybe just look at the checking account <laughs> oh no all right so if you guys are still here listening thank you so much please leave us a review on whatever platform that you're listening to us we appreciate it if you like any of this stuff we're talking about or the effort that, I mean, to be honest, Letty puts in more than I do about getting all these interviewees and stuff and talking about, you know, running, please give us a like or rate us because it'll help more listeners come to the channel. And with that, have a great week of running and back to work for me so I can afford shoes for you. <laughs>